Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. My wife and I had uh, some friends over for dinner. Um, I've got uh, four daughters, uh, our, uh, some friends that came over, had some kids, kids were playing inside. Two of our kids though went in our backyard and uh, wanted to play out in the back. Uh, my daughter, Eleonora, and their son, Anderson. And um, Alex and I were grilling, it was a nice evening. And so the, our wives asked us to keep an eye on the kids, which we did uh, to a degree. Um, we were having a good conversation, cooking food, and we we're just checking, you know, looking up, making sure they were in sight and everything's uh, good. And we've got this uh, hill in our backyard that kind of opens up to a, an open field and our kids go up there and play quite a bit. You can, for the most part, see when the kids are up there. And we're glancing up, glancing up, they're up there playing. Well, one time we look up and we don't see Eleonora or Anderson. And, you know, you know we call their names, uh, no response. And we thought, okay, well, let's go get them. And uh, we're walking up and calling their names, no response, get up on top of the hill. Our wives can hear us calling for the kids. They can hear that the kids, you know, they're, they're hearing us repeatedly calling for the kids. So they know, okay, where are the kids? So they're out there with us and we're going up the hill. We get to the top, I can see the, the whole lot, it's just an empty lot, big grassy area. Um, uh, there's a good distance of field and then there's a road that just runs out of our neighborhood. You can see everything. And we get up there and there is no kid in sight, nowhere. And mild concern turns into elevated blood pressure and, and somewhat of a panic. Um, you know, we're checking, did they not come inside? Did they come inside? No, they didn't come inside. Are you sure they didn't come inside? You know, that's the conversation. We confirmed the kids were not in the house and immediately all four of us broke uh, four different directions looking for our kids. We wanted our kids back. There wasn't anything I wouldn't have done, no amount of money I wouldn't have spent, no energy I would have held on to until I first and foremost uh, found Eleonora and made sure she was okay. And then secondly, to let Anderson know it's all his fault. <laughs> As it will be every day forward that any boy leads any of my daughters astray, they will rue the day. Only kind of joking with that. Now, Anderson wasn't responsible for my daughter. He was the happy-go-lucky kid with his friend who, I have no idea what, got distracted and they wandered off, saw something shiny across the street. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I, I was responsible for my daughter. I was responsible for her. I was responsible to bring her home. Imagine, imagine uh, with me for a moment someone that you love, someone close to you, someone that you can't imagine living without. Maybe a parent, a sibling, a child, a friend. Think about if someone showed up on your doorstep today and they said, hey, listen, we don't know what happened. We went to this person's home and they are gone. They're just gone. Like we can't find them. They're not at work. Their car's in the driveway. There's no note. Uh, they're not with anybody. Like we've asked around, like no one's seen them. They're just gone. We can't find them. 
If it was someone that you really, really, really loved, that you really cared about, there's no way that you say, thank you for telling me that. You go sit on your couch and you just return to your regular scheduled programming, thinking that the situation will turn out for the best. No one, no one would do that for someone that they loved and they really cared about. Here's the important, important, uh, here's an important piece for us. We wouldn't do that for someone we loved. And this is good news. God doesn't do that either for those he's loved. God, God loves, God wants his kids back. And that has ma massive implications for you and I personally, and it has massive implications for us as a family. And I think it's very interesting in this Matthew passage that we're reading today, if you've grown up in church, around church, you're probably not unfamiliar with the story of the lost sheep and of how Jesus leaves the 99 and he goes for the one. It's probably a story you've heard over and over and over again. And there was something that caught my attention as I, as I sat with this text in this passage. And that comes to us in verse 10, Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, the very first line in this section that we read, it says, Jesus says this, he says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. Well, what's he talking about? Well, if we were, uh, if you remember this chapter opened, uh, last Sunday, we talked about that Jesus gathered, uh, was with his disciples. They came to him saying, uh, hey, how do we, who, who is greatest? Who's gonna be, who is greatest in your kingdom? And he brings a child, a little child in their midst and he sets them before him. And he says, if you wanna be great, if you wanna be great in my kingdom, you've gotta become like this child. And, and then he says this line, see to it that you do not despise one of these little ones, which I think there's massive implications through this text about uh, uh, the, the value and love that God has for literal children. But there's also clearly that he's talking about his sons and daughters of God, sons and daughters of God, his kids. He's talking about his kids. Don't despise my children. Don't despise my sons. Don't despise my daughter, and Jesus is going after something. And this is what Jesus often does. He's going after our heart. See, we're really good at um, uh, trying harder. We're really good at trying harder. We're trying, really good at trying to be a little bit better, trying to be a little bit better of a friend, a little bit better of a spouse, a little bit better of a parent, a little bit better of a roommate. We're good at trying harder trying to clean up our act, try to modify our behavior. Jesus doesn't spend a lot of time on that. Jesus has a way to go, not get distracted by our behavior, but go right after our heart. See, Jesus understands that if he gets our heart, if he gets what's going on in here, if he gets what's going on in here, inside us, then the behavior stuff, that's gonna work its way out. If he goes the opposite way, if he addresses our behavior, then we just create a legalistic culture. We're all trying to do the right thing and trying to do enough and always wondering if it's enough. He wants to cut past that. He's going for our heart. And he says, do not despise one of these little ones. Don't despise one of my sons, of God, one of my sons, one of my daughters. Okay, and you know what? At first I read that and I just breezed right past it. It's one line in a, in a story of a, an important parable. 
And I'll just say this about this, about this text, because I think in the verses after this, Jesus gets into a lot of what I'll say, the weeds of things in our relationships. But I think what he's wanting to put on display for us and what he wants us to capture is what's going on in our heart and also what is his heart look like. I think that's what God is ultimately putting on display for us. And maybe you're not sitting here, you're like, I don't despise anybody. All right, check that box, move on. Let's just pause for a moment. Maybe, maybe if we don't use the word despise, let's just ask the question, like, is there someone that you're frustrated with? Is there any tension in your relationships? Or is there any conflict happening around you? Anything going on there? Maybe somebody, it could be someone in this room. You wanna talk about it? We can bring them up, you know, we wanna, no, we're not gonna do that. Tension. See, Jesus, you know, you know my, I, I'm fascinated about my kids' ability to invent fights. Like, I think they just create new ways to fight every day. Like, I got four of them, and they're just, there is all, it feels like there's always two of them in, in a conflict with one another. I mean, they're fighting about, you, you, you touched my elbow, you're sitting three feet from me. Like, they fight about things I didn't even know you could fight about. And we want, as parents, if you're a parent, you like pull your hair out. You just want your kids to get along. Like, can't we just get along? Can't you just stay and you're, just be a little bit happier? And if you're a parent, and I know there's like 140 children over there, so I know there's a few of you that are parents. You get that, you get that. But here's the thing is, parent or not, the reality is we're all a little like that. Think about the person you're closest to in life. Think about that. You got a roommate, you got a spouse, you got a roommate, you got a best friend that you spend a lot of time with. If you are truly close with someone, there is no way you don't have conflict at some point. There is no way if you're really getting into each other's life. That's why people who live with you, you fight the most with. Because you're just bumping up against each other. You're seeing everybody's mess. You're seeing what everyone's not saying and what they're not doing and what they should be saying and what they should be doing. And kids are just like distracted all the time. I mean, you try to get them to like clean up their room. You walk in five minutes later and they're like, there's a butterfly. Like they just, they just, there's like, no, there's not, but I'm imagining. Like they just see things that aren't even there. Like they can't stay on task, constantly distracted. As Jesus, look, Jesus loves you. He loves me. And this is what he says, we're just like little children. We're just like sheep. Sheep are one of the dumbest animals that like have ever existed. We should be insulted if we weren't so amazingly loved. And this is what God's putting on display. What he's not, and he's not, he's not wanting to put us down like a frustrated dad no, 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 no. He, what he wants us to see is how incredible and how amazing and how great his love is. And he also is aware that we have conflict. We get bothered by one another. And there's a real enemy of God that wants to get any foothold he can. Because if he can create division here, if he can create walls of hostility here, he is just having, he can have a heyday with God's church. He can get us focused on us comparing ourselves to one another, seeing what I think you should be doing, what I think you should be saying, and you thinking what I should be doing, what I should be saying. We can get our eyes 
on each other in a really, really unhealthy way. That's not what God has for us. That's not what God wants. What he wants is he wants a family on mission who is not despising one another, but rather what's the opposite of despise? Despise is born out of hate. God wants us to love one another and he's about to put his love for us on display. In fact, the love that we are to mimic, imitate, mirror, be transformed by personally and extend to others. He's going to put his heart on display for us. Listen, if you're having conflict in relationships, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever had anyone say to me, if I've ever said, man, I really hate that person. And that's what despising is, it's hating. And we don't wake up one day and just hate somebody. It starts as an offense and starts as a wound. It starts as a sin. Here's the thing. Most of the conflict that happens between our, in our relationships aren't even most out of a sin. Most of the time it's a misunderstanding. The enemy can work with the misunderstanding. The enemy is really good at taking a misunderstanding and blowing it up and ballooning it up to bigger than what it is. He's really good at decreasing our motivation to go to one another and talk to one another openly about the things that we are hurt by, the things that we are frustrated by. And like I said, as we see in the preceding verses, though, that's what Jesus is going to talk to us about. He's going to talk about how love leads us towards one another. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. God wants to know what's going on in your heart in your heart. He wants you to love. But here's the thing is we can't love like him. You can't do it. Well, you can try and you might have a good day or a good hour, but the reality is apart from Jesus, we can't love like him. And this is where it's so important what he puts on display for us in the next uh, few verses. In the next three verses, I think this is what he's doing, just putting his heart on display. Matthew 18, starting in verse 12, he says, all right, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, Truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. He leaves the kids in the house who are taken care of and he goes on search. Why? Why? Because the one that wandered away It's just so instrumental in the house that everything will fall apart if they're not home? Does he go after the one because they've done enough? They've merited enough? They're good enough? And so he loves them and so he goes after them? Is that? No. No. He's chosen to love you. He's chosen to love you. He's chosen to not let us go our own way. He's chosen to not let us lean on our own understanding. He's chosen to go after us, even though we were the ones who wandered off, even though we were the ones who went astray, even though we were the ones who left safety, we were the ones who got distracted by something shiny and wandered off across the street. 
You know, we didn't intend for it to happen, but one day we woke up, maybe woke up and our lives were just built around our job, our relationships, our hobbies, our kids, getting ahead, getting a little bit more comfortable. Not bad things. We know kids aren't bad things. Kids are a blessing. But sometimes we can take good things that God has given us, blessings that God has given us, and we can start to get consumed by those things, start to put those things center stage in our life. We can start wondering what's outside of the house, what's around that next promotion, what's, what's a little bit of more, just a little bit more money, a little bit more security. Maybe you've wandered off. Maybe you, you're here and like you're here, your body's here, you know, you're physically here sitting in a space listening to this sermon, but your mind and your heart are far from God. This is what God wants to say to you, if that's you. I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. He has chosen to love you. He has chosen to be kind to you. He has chosen to be gentle with you, to be patient with you and to bring you home. Why? Because he loves you. And this, this is that, that line that we all know, that we give mental assent to. God wants us to know it, not just in our minds, but deep, deep, deep within our soul that we are loved by him apart from our performance, apart from what we can merit, apart from what we can earn. He has chosen to love you. And he is not content with watching you walk out the front door, walk out of his house, into busy streets, into a space where the enemy wants to distract you and discourage you and lure you into all different things. He is not content to sit on the couch and hope the best works out for you and hope that you come home. He wants his kids back and this is his heart. He wants he wants us who are fiddling with the locks, who are looking at the screen door, who are taking small steps away from the church, away from our community group, away from the people that know us and care about us. He wants us, he sees us taking steps away and he's going to come after you if that's you. He's going to come after you. Those of us who are questioning his love, his provision, his faithfulness, You know, when I found my daughter, Eleonora, I didn't berate her, didn't scold her, didn't tell her of all the ways that she had scared me. No, 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 I scooped her up and I held her because I was just so happy that I had found her. I was so happy that I had found her. I was so happy that she was safe. I was so happy that I was gonna be able to carry her home. And this reality that God loves you and I this way, this is so crucial because if we don't get this, if we don't live in this space that I am loved by God apart from my performance, that he left heaven and he lived this life and he served all, that the God of the universe emptied himself and lowered himself to the lowest position 
And he suffered and he was rejected and he was alone and he was hungry and he was cold at night and he went through this life. Why? Not to be lifted up in, in, a, in a throne room to be worshiped, but to be lifted up on a tree, nailed to it. He did that so that you would know his great love for you and what great lengths that he would go for you to know his love. To know that your past can be forgiven, that your, that your present can be redeemed, to know that you have a future and a hope. And we have to get that, church. We have to get that as our foundation. We have to receive that and walk in that because if we don't, everything we do for one another will become an obligation, a burden, a duty where conflict will be right between us. See, here's the reality. I am going to disappoint you. You are going to disappoint me. We are not going to be everything for one another. And here's the thing is God hasn't designed it to be that way. No one can be everything for another person in this room because only he can be everything that we need. Only him. Which means that if we're gonna love each other in such a radical way, if we're gonna be kind to one another and patient with one another and gentle with one another, if we're gonna love each other in a way that we have not earned or have not deserved, there's only one way to do that. It's to have received something that you have not earned and that you do not deserve. So you and I have received something from Jesus. We have received a love. We have received a forgiveness. We have received a mercy that we would never, ever, ever, ever deserve. But he has chosen to love you. And he wants you to walk in boldness and confidence in that. And if we can receive that from him, then we are freed up to love each other in ways that we don't deserve. So that when you have a grumpy day, or I'm a little irritated, or someone says something they shouldn't, man, we are quick to forgive. We are quick to go to one another in love, to talk about it, to bring it out in the open, not to let walls of hostility build up and create distance between us. That's not what God has. See, Jesus has not only done that for you and I, but see, he's creating a family on mission that is partnering with him. Remember, it says in scripture that we are ambassadors of Christ, that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's calling us to be a family, not just a family who receives, but a family who receives and then walks out these doors and we put that love on display. One of my favorite things to do is to give a generous tip to a server who gave me awful service. I love doing that. You know why? Because it's just a small, it's a small way. They'd be like, you know what? You don't deserve this, but I'm gonna bless you anyways. And you know why I can do it? Because God has abundantly blessed me more than I could ever deserve. And here's what I believe. I believe there are people in your life today you're gonna cross paths with. I believe there are family members. I believe there are friends, there are coworkers. There are students in your class. There are people in your life that God has put there and they're not being the greatest to you. And he is putting in front of you an amazing opportunity to love them, to extend to them something that they're not meriting or earning, something that they don't deserve. I believe that God 
wants to send his church out into the streets, putting this love on display so that when people experience it and they encounter it, they're a little bit taken off guard and a little bit like, wait a second. Okay, hang on. All right, I, you know, when you're, I mean, I know I haven't been the greatest to you. Why are you loving? Why are you being kind to me? Like it should, un, it should make them unsettled. I'm gonna, I'm gonna gossip about you. I'm gonna offend you. I'm gonna talk to that person about you. And you in response, love that person, pray for that person, be kind to that person. That will unsettle them and it should. But what it will do is give us the opportunity to say, hey, I love you because I have been loved. And if our source of love is our spouse, is our kids, is our family, is if our friends, if, if our source is not God, that source is going to bleed dry and we're gonna be left empty to what we can give others. Jesus says, this is my heart. This is my heart to his disciples, to his church. This is my heart. I am a God who goes after the one. I am a God who loves. I am a God, I am a father, I am a friend who is not content with letting you go astray and letting you head down that road that I know is dangerous for you. See, it also says in scripture that he is faithful to complete the work that he has begun. If you are in his house, even if your life is a mess right now, he is faithful to complete the work that he has done in you. That means he is leading your life to a place of redemption and renewal. And there is a future and a hope in heaven waiting for you. That's what he's gonna do. It's dependent on him. This has to be our, he has to be our source. And so my encouragement to you today is to receive from him what he has extended to you. If you're not walking in a place of, of grace and mercy and knowing that you are loved. You are loved as much as anybody else is loved in this room. You are loved as much as anybody else in this room. God wants you to walk in that today. He wants you to know that today. He wants you to receive that today. He wants to transform you today so that you can be set free. Now, hey, my life's a mess, but praise God, I woke up today. Man, I woke up today to a God who loves me to a God who gave his life for me. Man, I really messed up at work. I really messed up in these relationships. Praise God, his mercy is new every day. And I have a God who can just has a way to redeem things that I don't even see as redeemable. He has a way. He wants to be your source. He wants to change your life based on his love for you. And if you've received that today, then my encouragement for you is to walk that out with others. Walk that out with others. I felt like just throughout this morning, I just keep feeling encouraged that God wants to bring specific people in your life to your mind today and to your heart. Could be people you're thinking about every day. Could be someone you haven't thought about in years. You ever have that happen going through a normal day and then someone from your past just comes, like, just comes back to your mind, no particular reason. I don't think that's a coincidence. I used, to, I used to have thoughts of people in my past and I would just, just dismiss it. Oh, it's funny that I'd tell my wife, hey, I thought about so-and-so today. I haven't thought about that person in the last 10 years. But I've been thinking more and more, you know what? I, I, we, we walk with a God who sees everyone, who knows everyone, who so loved the world that he sent his son. He knows every situation. And perhaps he's, it's not just a random memory. Perhaps God who sees that person, who knows exactly what they're going through in that moment, that that memory is coming to mind. Maybe he wants me to pray for them. 
Maybe he wants me to reach out to them. Maybe he wants me to send them a text. just say, hey, thinking about you today. You know how many times I've needed to just hear from someone today thinking about you today? Hey, I just wanna remind you, man, God's pleased with you. Don't we need to hear that sometimes? Don't we need to hear that? Like people need to hear that. We get distracted. We wander off all the time. God wants to bring us home. God wants his kids back and he's calling us to walk with him, to partner with him, to release us into this world so that we can see his kids brought back. We're gonna pray. Will you stand with me? Band's gonna come and we're gonna worship. And uh, I would encourage you to just take this time to reflect and consider Maybe there's, well, first, your own heart. Are you walking in the love that God has for you? you, Have you come under a mindset of performance and being enough? God wants to put that thought to death. He wants you to walk in his love. He wants you to know he's coming after you, even if you don't know it, even if you don't feel it, even if you're not, think God, God's after you. God's after you. And secondly, I would ask you just to reflect Who is it that God wants to bring to your mind? Who is it that he wants you to go after? Who's wandering off? Maybe that you're not even aware of, but he wants to break in and remind them that he loves them. And he loves them enough to send people after him. Jesus, we just thank you so much that you left the 99 and you came after me. Lord, you came after every single person in this room Every son, every daughter, Jesus, you left heaven, you left it all because you were not content with the broken, the division, the hostility. God, you came to redeem, to make new, to make us born again in your family. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I pray for anyone who's struggling with that message, that truth today, that you love them. Lord, would you break in now, Holy Spirit, and make your love for them a reality. And Lord, we wanna live like you lived. We wanna walk with you. We wanna be a part of what you're doing. And you are of the business of going after people and bringing your kids home. And we wanna see your kids brought home. So we just wanna say, lead with a yes today, God. Whoever it is you bring to us, we'll pray for them, we'll go after them, encourage them. I ask you, Holy Spirit, give us, give us insights, give us revelation today of how we can reach out and love others in your name, amen.